Welcome to the Community Immunity Podcast, created to support, guide, and grow the spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional immunity. My name is Lucia Hargasova, and I am a leadership and life coach. My first guest is Dr. Ken West. All right. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce you, Dr. Ken West, visionary, pioneer, professor, doctor, mentor, and most importantly, performance scientist working in 48 sports in over 44 countries with many world champions and Olympic medalists. Well, Ken, your resume is very long and we could call you many things. So I let you introduce yourself and tell us most importantly, what is it that you do? Basically, I like puzzles. I like looking at situations and information to figure out what's really there, what's happening, what we can do with that information. I like it when people use the term impossible because that for me means we just haven't figured it out yet. That, and that, for me, I see that as an opportunity. So in all the years of working with sport or humans in general, because everything that humans do is performance, whether we are feeding ourselves, clothing ourselves, or we're you know, playing football or tennis or golf at a high level, it's all performance. And that's what I've been, I guess, addicted to for the last over 35 years. And trying to understand how the world works. I think that's what all of us are doing is trying to build our own worldview of how the world works. So I've looked at how the humans and how do we create our experience and what parts of our brain contribute to that and trying to find a way to at least teach others, show others how they can create outcomes or changes in life or changes in performance if they choose to, that we do have options and that we have to learn how to see options. We have to learn how to develop skills so that we can efficiently and effectively look at options and make choices that create the optimal change. I think in the world that we live in, the more efficiently and effectively you can change, the more fun you have, the happier you are, and the more you work with our universes unfolding as opposed to trying to control it, using your ego to think that you can control it and that there's nothing outside of you that you know that you, you have the control, you don't need any help, that you're not part of a bigger picture or not part of a divine plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you use the word control several times. So, you know, given your background and, you know, given your work with top athletes, can you just give us a little bit more information on that keyword in terms of going from the place of a control to high performance? Well, many people in high performance believe that they have to control the situation, they have to control their opponent, they have to control their environment, they have to control everything. And that puts huge pressure on everyone. You know, whether it's your family, whether it's your work, or in elite sport. So we 
spend all this time and effort trying to control things that we really cannot control, which makes us exhausted and the outcomes are rarely very good. They can be good, but boy, do we get exhausted spending that much energy and information. The only person that really has control is the one who can give up control. So working with elite performers, it's how do you get from conscious competence, which means you're aware of what you do and effectively how to do it and to move to unconscious competence. And that's allowing not to think and just allowing everything to flow and for you to take what the universe is teeing up for you and for you to participate and interact with it to create most optimal outcome for you and for others. The key is learning how to not think, not try to control, you know, to be free. And I think that every, you know, we are physical, mental, emotional, spiritual beings. And our spiritual beingness, its goal of our spirit is to be free. And anytime we create restrictions, limiting thoughts, limitations, we imprison our spirit and which heads us on the path of unhappiness, disease, underperformance. Interesting. The only person that has a control is the one who can give up control. So why is it so hard for us? Well, when you're talking about the limbic system, the emotional brain, it controls 95% of your experience. And it's illogical. It doesn't understand time. And we don't really, in our educational system, we don't learn how to develop our illogical skills, which is you know, following intuition, following feel. You know, there are many illogical things in our world. Miracles are illogical, which I like miracles, so I'm very happy to engage in the illogic. It's also humor is illogical. You know, to tell a joke is you have a logic statement, a logic statement, a logic statement, then an illogic statement. And then that's what creates the laughter and the humor. So it's realizing and understanding that we have control. We do have the ability to choose. When we recognize the, the choices and we make a choice, then that creates change. And then with that change comes new choices. So we have this never-ending loop of choice and change. So the better we are at seeing what are the choices, I think where people get have lots of stress is when they think they have no choice or they put a meaning on something which doesn't allow them the freedom to change that, change that meaning, change that perspective. And, and that's what the clinical psychologists call reframing is that they try to take your meaning you put on an event that's happened in your life and to change your perspective on it so that it isn't as traumatic or it doesn't create a negative reaction in your thoughts or actions. And we need to learn how to effectively see more opportunities. Play, and I call that playing with information. Working with elite performers, it's, well, what could it be? What could we have right now? Because positive problem solving is the key to the highest level of performance. Is what do we have? What can we do with it? Some of the elite performers I'm working with right now are starting to get that concept even out of training. Is They're working on videos or websites or their job and then they're able to have that thought of okay this is the resources this is what we have what how can we make the most of it what can we create out of it and for the humans that creation process is you know one of our favorite things or one of our things that gives us the most enjoyment 
is to be able to be creative. What if you're in a place that it's hard for you to see the information as neutral? And perhaps you're in a place of fear or confusion or simply feel stuck. I think the first thing is to recognize irritation. When you become irritated or frustrated, that's telling you that you have something that's not resolved, that you have something, a limited belief or thought or program or something that is restricting your freedom, restricting your spirit. So if you look at when you are irritated to think, okay, what's irritating me? And I have four points that I try to look at is, okay, what is it that's irritating me? How did I create it? Three is, you know, what do I need to learn here? What can I change? And third one is, what's the gift? And the fourth one is, what's the joke? When you can see the, the universal joke and everything, then you've actually made it through that development process. So, you know, when you have your irritation, it's just telling you that something in your life is controlling you. And my philosophy is that our goal is that, you know, that we can control everything and that nothing else controls us. So we're talking about, yeah, I am talking about control, but the process of control isn't controlling things. It's turning how to release and let go and let things be what they are and let them be free. And let's be tangible. Just give us a, any example that, you know, we can all understand it on the, on the same level. Okay, well, if you are, let's say you're in your automobile and you are driving and someone cuts you off, they, you know, swerve into your lane or they, you know, make your driving or travel appear difficult. Or if there's someone in front of you going slow that you cannot pause, can, cannot get around, you know, that tends to irritate us. Well, then it's looking at, okay, is this about patience or is it, you know, what is your thought? That is it, everyone should get out of my way. It's my road. Everyone has to, you know, no one else has any right or, you know, they should all be focused on making my life easier, you know, as opposed to what, you know, what are they actually doing? You know, sometimes when you're driving and you've never been somewhere before and you're looking for a house, you know, you're looking for a building and you're trying to read the numbers, you can't find them, it's difficult, you're going really slow, and then someone who lives there comes up behind you and starts, you know, hooting the hooter, the horn, and is, you know, acting quite rude because you're going slow. Mm -hmm. And when that, when that happens, I always think, well, someday you will be somewhere and you don't know where you're going. And then when someone does that to you, maybe you will figure that out. But it's like, no, I'm doing the best I can. And I think that's an important thing is that people are doing the best they can. They're not intentionally trying to be stupid. So we can respect that, okay, this person's going slow and trying to look at it differently and think, okay, they're going slow. They, maybe they've never been here before. They don't know where they're going. They just need a little more space. And to look at, well, you know, why am I in such a hurry? You know, what am I overvaluing that makes me think I need to hurry up? Well, I'm late. Okay, well, why are you late? You know, and to turn to the internal reflection to see, well, what is the real irritation? Mm. Is it the person going slow or is it that I've, you know, overvalued, I overvalued something else that made me late and now I'm trying to make up time and I'm trying to push and I'm not going with the universal flow. I'm trying to push it and make it be something else. And that normally does not work out. 
What I really love about this personally is this sense of self-responsibility or self-accountability. What do you think about it? Well, whose life is it? Is it your life? Okay. And are you creating it? You know, you have your ability to put meaning on anything. And I found something quite interesting working with a very famous professional cricketer that we were trying to look at what is the process of getting in the zone. And we developed this map that we were trying to test with him. And it had a physical phase and an emotional phase and a mental phase. And in the emotional phase, you know, we were using more of a psychological approach and saying, well, well, am I happy? If I'm not happy, what's keeping me from being happy? What do I need to change to be happy? What I need to let go to be happy? And then try to make that change to allow the happiness to come. And when we tested it after that, because we tested it in a cricket match, and when he came out after the game, I said, well, you know, how did it go? What did you learn? What worked? My typical style of questioning. And he said, no, nah, that's bull. He says, this emotional piece, he says, it's bull. He says, it just takes too long doing the questioning and stuff, you know, and I don't have that long in between deliveries of the ball. So I said, well, did you find a solution? He says, yes. So I said, okay, what is it? He says, I just tell myself, get happy. And he says, within two seconds, I'm happy. So, you know, I think that's, you know, a very cool tool for people is that if you're in a situation and you notice that you're irritated or that you are unhappy, well, you can actually tell yourself, get happy. And <laughs> from a place of happiness, then you can work. And then you can, you know, you can move forward and find the solution you're looking at. Also, there's a book about creating sustainable change by two professors, Gene Ramsey and Gene Latting in Houston. And they found that, you know, in the process of creating sustainable change, you know, the first thing is to recognize where the disharmony is, who, where you're upset. And then the second step is to change your emotions. And so they have many different things that they're testing, working with the limbic, limbic system, your emotional brain, or different ways of trying to get, you know, the emotions back to that happiness. But if it's as simple as just saying, get happy, and allowing yourself to get happy in one to two seconds, that's a pretty easy way to shift how you're feeling in a situation. Mm -hmm. Get happy, yeah. Sounds wonderful. And I'm going to bring it to today. And I'm just going to ask you to allow us to understand, given everything that is going on around the world, the amount of changes, the collective chaos and uncertainty, how would you apply such a concept to a, you know, everyday life if there is such a thing left right now in the world as everyday life? Well, right now I'm in England, and in England, when you meet most people, the first thing they say is, oh, isn't the weather terrible? You know, isn't, <laughs> isn't it horrible outside? And I like to mess with people, I suppose, so I always say, it's raining, it's great, it's cleaning the air, it's you know, getting rid of the pollution, and it's filling the dams, and the rain is important. I'm from the desert, you know, and, and we will take rain anytime we can get it. And we actually celebrate the rain. So for my culture, we celebrate every time it's raining. doesn't matter how cold, how uncomfortable it makes you, but we celebrate the rain. 
Whereas here, it's a tool for community connection. They connect on the, well, the weather's terrible, it's a safe thing to talk about, and then they commiserate together to create the connection of community. And then I come in, and if I turn it on its head, it, they just want, they won't talk to you. They just shut down because they don't know how to deal with that positive approach to the weather. So, but that same sort of conversation, many of us, our habitual pattern is to complain about people or complain about situations or complain about politics or complain about our health. And I think that's one of the things we want to override is when we talk to other people, are we doing positive problem solving? Are we talking about the positive side of things? The same thing happening within our own head is that, you know, the little voice in your head is throwing the negative at you when you say I want to do something and it says no you don't and you know so I think everyone knows that little voice in their head now these days I'm calling it your adversary your adversary and that is probably what people call your ego or that it is the part of you that is antagonistic it's it's your enemy it's you know they've represented it with symbols of the devil on your left shoulder and the angel on your right shoulder. All of those are that adversary that is fighting against you. So, yes, it's easy for you to plug into your adversary and to talk to the adversary of others, and then everybody's miserable and upset. But if you connect to the your true being or, or your angel, if you want to call it that, in yourself, and you talk to the angels and other people, it's a lot more fun. And I think that's the basis of what we're all trying to do is, you know, look at any situation. We're being bombarded with more and more information and the complexity of the information is increasing. And our connectedness to that increased complexity of information is also increasing. So we're connecting more. And so it's more opportunities for us to connect with our adversary to make ourselves unhappy and miserable. And, but it's also an opportunity to override that and to you know, connect to the, the happy angel. It's really you know, your choice. You know, I've heard the quote for many years that it's not what happens to you in life, it's how you react to it. And I think that's what you know, this conversation and you know, the communities that we want to participate in are people who have the skills of overriding the adversary and overriding the negativity and just finding the positivity. And I think many of us have, sometimes we have two negative parents or two positive parents are pretty rare. Usually you have one positive, one negative to create the balance. But I think it's whether it's our internal world or our external world is can we recognize where the disharmony is and can we harmonize it by seeing the positive in it. You know, one of the most powerful energies to connect to is the energy of gratitude. You know, so if you're depressed or you're unhappy or you're having a difficult time, is just to connect with gratitude to what I have to be grateful for. And I think that, you know, the gratitude is on the angelic truths because your true self is who you really are, is not unhappy, it does not have a disease, is not struggling that struggle is that adversary that you're struggling with that's how you're creating the struggle you're creating the struggle in your world you're creating your struggle in yourself so you want to look at well how did i create this struggle it's a gift you know i think everything that we experience our whole life process is i think the whole 
universe, the cosmos, is set up to help us evolve, to find out who we truly are, to remember who we truly are, and to get back there and to function back there. And so everything that happens is just teaching you. It's a gift to show you, okay, you need to resolve this. You need to let go of that limited belief or that restriction that you put on yourself to free yourself up more to be who you are, because who you truly are is totally free. Ken, thank you for this beautiful reminder. I'm really connecting here with the word gratitude. And if there is a key takeaway to support us in these, let's call it uncertain times in spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, what would it be from you? Be aware of when they're experiencing disharmony. Be aware of when they're irritated or unhappy and observe it and figure out, well, what is it? How am I causing it? What can I learn from it? Why do I need it? What's the gift? Where's the joke? And go through that process of examining the experience that you have and seeing what it could be. You know, one of the things that I've been to is sometimes people have these circles where they get together to discuss their problems and it's a form of group therapy and sitting and observing the process, it's, you know, one person complains and the next person complains and the next person complains and you're going around the circle and at some point every time someone will come up with a suggestion of you can try this. This is what I did and to resolve my problem and it worked. And as soon as the people have an idea of something they can do to change their world, the energy of the room shifts from a misery party to a love fest and it happens <laughs> and it happens in an instant as soon as they all oh i can do that i can try that so whether it's with yourself or with others is you can talk when you're if you you know if you go and talk over the back fence behind your house to your neighbor if you watch what humans do is they always talk, you know, they'll talk about general things and they always end up talking about where they're stuck, where they're unhappy, where they're miserable, what they don't like about their life. They just, they do it every time. And the gift you can give to them is to put a few cracks into that meaning that they've created on there and get them, get them to shift it to, oh, maybe it could be something else. Oh, what else could it be? And when you get them to create that shift, well, they move forward. And practicing it with others helps you also to practice it with yourself because you're doing the same thing to yourself. So you can, you know, look at those, look at what's your experience, and then figure out what experience you want to have. And if you're unhappy, then just use the shortcut of get happy and then get to work. Get to work. Okay. Let's go and create this laugh fest and be the change we want to see in the world. Ken, it's been absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time, and I'm looking forward to talk to you more. Thank you very much, Lucia. Yes, I think it's going to be interesting where this conversation takes us while we're looking at, you know, how do we develop our own, you know, community, helping us develop our immunity, whether it's immunity to toxicity or immunity to negative thoughts or pathogens or you know whatever challenges that we create for ourselves in our life it's okay how do we connect there and how do we 
create a community to support each other to most effectively navigate those waters. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share it, or tell a friend about it. Until next time.